This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook and at trevorjamesflutes.com. Hello and welcome this week to Talking Flutes. Yes, I know you'll be expecting to hear Claire's voice. However, this week I'm actually interviewing her and the wonderful musician, composer and sax professor Andy Scott about two fantastic new interactive flute tutor books they have just launched. Before I do so, thank you so much for your messages and ideas for guests on future podcasts. Also for some of the subject ideas you've come up with for us to get our teeth stuck into, such as more on technical, baroque, Irish music, and also my pet love, meditation and mindfulness episodes. So, taking it one stage further, next week on Talking Flutes Extra, we begin to look at the first of your suggestions, as I have a chat with Irish and Celtic flute player and seriously talented and lovely chap, Philippe Barnes. Kickstart flute is a very different flute teaching method, perfect for both beginners starting out and for those who wish to develop their style of playing and general technique. The tutorial is based around 24 duets encompassing many genres of music written by Andy Scott, one of the most versatile and exciting composers writing today. There are 24 lessons, one for each duet spread over two books. Each lesson introduces you to all the basics of learning the flute with special emphasis on the material required to play the duets, notes, rhythms, articulations, fingerings and dynamics, plus all the information you need to develop your tone, finger technique, articulation and musicality. As the lessons progress, so your knowledge builds. There are many beginner books on the market, but in this tutorial the emphasis is on learning through the fun of playing all types of music. This book will guide you through the process and introduce you to a new way of learning the flute. There are four pre-lessons to introduce you to the basics of reading music and there are also links to videos online to help with putting your flute together, holding the flute and keeping it balanced. If you can already read music, you can have a quick revision by reading through the pre-lessons and then jump straight into lesson one. The 24 duets each have their own lesson, taking you through all the keys. Each lesson gives you the information to play the duet. Audio tracks for each of the duets are available online, offering you a choice of playing each part with Claire herself and rhythm section, or with rhythm section and a friend or tutor. As your skills develop, you can revisit the duets and play the more difficult second parts. The 24 duets cover each major and relative minor key and are written in styles including pop, swing, Afro-Cuban, bossa nova and many, many more and you scan the QR codes throughout the book with your phone to easily access the online links. So a couple of days ago, I dialed in to speak with Claire from a home in Hove, Sussex, and Andy Scott in Sandbach, which is the north of England, to talk about their exciting new publication, Kickstart Flute, and began by asking them a typical English question about the weather. So what's the weather like up there? Andy's up north, up north-like. And Claire's going to shout at me for doing a northern accent, because she always does, because she's a northern lass. And uh, Claire's actually not far from me, because she's down in Hove. I'm in Tunbridge Wells, and Andy's in Sandbach, which is in the north of England. Mind you, that's contentious, isn't it, north, Andy? 
because England's sort of a long, narrow country. Yeah, we're 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 kind of mid mid central to getting on towards the north, I suppose. It's always a it's always at least one degree colder up here, though. <laughs> three degrees i think yeah but it's cheaper though (laughs) (laughs) yes cheaper than hove i mean only posh people live in hove you know i know Uh, you've got to be a flute soloist to live in hove (laughs) (laughs) or an internet influencer yes absolutely Uh, lovely to see you both as my intro said, we're here today to talk about a really exciting project that was started a number of years ago, but as which you've developed into multimedia. And it's Kickstart the Flute Project. But it's not just one book, there's two books. So where do we start with this? Because it obviously runs across 24 duets, doesn't it? Where people can play along with Claire, or they can play as duets with somebody else. But everything has been composed by you, Andy. So where should we start? How did the project begin? What was the the seed and who watered it? Well, maybe I should start first and then let Andy kick in there in a minute. So it was Andy that came up with the idea of flute duets and maybe doing a beginner book around those duets and maybe doing it online. But now it's been published as, as these two books with all the audio files online very accessible and you know they they're they're very creative very unique and and great fun and all different genres because I said to Andy okay I would like a duet in every key so 24 duets and from world music I remember that from my own experiences of learning the flute I got thoroughly bored with playing Christmas carols and nursery rhymes so I, I wanted to play music of all and Sony books on the market are, are so restrictive. So I asked Andy if he could he could do that, and and he did it. Fantastic. Over to you, Andy. Yeah, thanks, Claire, and lovely to be here, uh, Jean Paul, as well. Thank you both. Um, yeah, this has just been such a wonderful project, and it uh, it continues to be. Um, I think the, the whole thing about collaboration is vital. Um, especially now when we're in sort of lockdown and uh, this kind of isolation, collaboration is so important. And um, we've, well, the three of us have been collaborating for years and years now. So it was, you know, Claire with all her performing and incredible teaching experience that put us in this position in the first place to even entertain a project like this. And then I was just lucky that, that, you know, we could, again, through working together a number of times, performing and on summer courses at Waldingham and, and events like that, we knew each other well enough to, to, to swap ideas and then know that these ideas will work. It's not as if it's a brand new collaboration and there's a high risk element. I mean, you still have to deliver the goods, don't get me wrong. But we knew that conceptually this could be a very interesting project. And as Claire said, and she had the idea of something quite different, you know, the whole thing about different keys. It's classic, isn't it? When it's like, I know as a saxophonist, you know, when you're teaching someone, they're doing associated board exams, they're restricted by the the guides for scales and keys that you learn as you go through the grades. And so why do you have to wait all this time before you play C-sharp major or something, you know? It's just play them slowly. Anyone can play them. 
So, uh, yeah, we just started uh, all having a chat, doing the duets. And I was a, what I was able to bring to the table, I think, is the, as a saxophonist composer, the different styles of music I play and the different bands I play in and so on, whether that's, you know, in a salsa band one night or a rock band or something more classical, or I could bring that sort of variety of genres and styles to the table. And the rhythm section we use, they're brilliant players. Yeah. And I've worked, with, I've worked with them a lot. Again, it was collaboration. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm just delighted because it's, um, the books look fantastic. Bear in mind, you know, I've throughout this process, I've seen the online material, but to actually see the hard copy book and, and how Claire has devised that the music then fits in these duets within her sort of overall structure of the whole whole concept. Hey, that's enough from me. What's, what's interesting for me is when it, whether you're a returning flute player, and this isn't just for beginners, it's those that have also been out of the flute playing fraternity family for a long time and have decided to come back. This is absolutely perfect for it. But when I was started playing the flute donkeys years ago, the only music you could play was classical music. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but the world in the 21st century is all about now, and we have access to everything on tap, all new type of new music. And flute playing has never really had that beat, had, had stuff written for it at a accessible level that has a beat and that beat that makes the foot tap that beat that makes you feel good when you're playing it and it's almost as though well you have these 24 duets go cover everything and there's nothing on there that you could just sit and say on oh, board because it takes you on a journey each piece yeah well andy's got such a distinctive voice in terms of composition he so easily combines these sort of all these different elements of, of jazz and world music and classical. And it it just fits so nicely into all of these duets. And going back to when I said I, I developed it because of my experience of those books on the market, which just gave you classical, the, it wasn't just that it was classical or, or nursery rhymes or Christmas carols. It was also that you were led to believe that certain notes like A, B, G were easy. <laughs> and anything with a sharp or a flat was difficult. Yeah. The book begins on middle D, which is, again, unusual for beginner books, but it's a nice stable note. And then what happens with each duet is that you each, each lesson is attached to each duet, and each lesson then has a, a focus. And the focus is to learn all the skills you need to play the duet of that lesson. So there are lots of melodies and tunes and exercises, but by the end of each lesson, you are presented with the Andy's duet and you know that you've got all the skills you need to play that duet. And there are, I mean, the, the types of music, it's so exciting because we've got things like uh, jazz and samba, pop, rock, gospel, uh, swing, shuffle, what have I missed out, Andy? Well, not a lot, but uh, what, what's, what I found fascinating in the book, just following along from the different styles, is that, yeah, we do, um, th this is really good for you rhythmically because uh, instead of putting a metronome on mm -hmm. and just having that 
horrible non-musical clique. You know, we've got world-class musicians playing, and they were playing to click track. It's all done with click track. So, and the nature of the music means we've got that kind of constant pulse going through it. But what Claire's done, I was looking through um, yesterday, and I suddenly remembered us sort of discussing these things years ago, which is to do with the phonetics, to do with the feel of the music. So if you get something that's uh, where you need the sort of long and short notes and you have the right feel, it's like the the, the, the fellows, they're brilliant, that, that uh, I've seen you uh, chat with and the Latin uh, guys. Uh, Ho- Jose and Gio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're brilliant entertainers, but but they're they're fantastic musicians because the style of music they're playing, they've got the right kind of feel. And what Claire and myself have done, I've spoken about the different styles, and Claire's put down, for example, right, in this phrase, for this rhythm, use these phonetics, da and do and d and whatever, and it helps you grasp what the feel of the music is. And that's a really, really important thing for me because you can spot it a mile off where a really great classical player is playing these styles of music but has no idea about the feel. And it just sounds really fair. You've got it. You've got, yeah, yeah. But And this is what Claire and myself, as I said, going back to things like Waldingham and the summer school, the amount of time that you spend together and crossing over, you know, me listening to the flutes um, and vice versa, worlds that we sort of inhabit a lot of the time, stylistically. We've spoken about this a lot and we've spoken about the phonetics and feel and stuff like that. And it's in the book. And I think that's a key difference as well with this book. You're a brilliant composer, Andy, and you're not bound by the saxophone. You write for everything you write symphony symphonies you write everything concertos and you're also known for writing bloody difficult music mm. now when you got together with claire on a kickstart project knowing what you know and knowing what you write and a commission to do how hard was it to actually say ah i need to go back to the basics and write for the flute how hard was it or wasn't it yeah no it was it was it was very challenging, actually. I think around about the same time, maybe just before, I'd done some some work for the Associated Board. They contacted a number of composers and said, can you write us? I had to write 112 sight-reading tests <laughs> <laughs> for the Associated Board to go from grade one to grade eight. So I'd, I was like, you know, they give you really strict guidelines. Everything's written out. So for grade one, you know, you can only use like crotchets and minims. And these are your tempo markings and it has to be 4-4. So I think I'd done that kind of project and had those guidelines just before doing this. And then it was a kind of combination of things. But again, it was it was wonderful because I could send some music to Claire and say, listen, what do you think of this? Or is this going to be okay? Or... Does this need changing? It's this whole thing of collaboration again, which is just the best way. I love that. Whatever the, you know, the the commission or project is. Yeah, I mean, it's. What, what did, did Claire just give you the brief? Is that we want it to be for beginners, and um, we want it to be for people returning, kickstarting themselves back, and then you're having to put yourself into that position on. Okay, 
what is going to be manageable without being too hard? I'm trying to remember, Claire, exactly how we... Um... Yeah, I mean, all I, what I remember is that I said I wanted to use all the keys mm. and I wanted them to be challenging. They are challenging, but they're rewarding. And I didn't, also didn't want to aim it just at kids. I wanted it to be a starter book that could be for anybody. And then we restricted sort of notes and rhythms. But, but, you know, someone's just messaged me today saying how much they're enjoying them. And especially right at the beginning that you've introduced offbeats and syncopation. Yeah. It's not, it, we're not saying, look, this is difficult. We're just saying we're, we're presenting it and telling you how to, how to play it. And, and I think that it's that's fantastic that people beginning the flute can learn these skills. And then when they play with the duets, as you were saying, Andy, that, that sense of rhythm is there because of the rhythm section. But everybody really has a sense of rhythm, don't they, Claire? Because we all, lis- we all listen to music. And so if we're listening to David Guetta doing Titanium or something, we hear the beat. If we're listening to Katy Perry, we hear a beat. And yet we put the flute up our musical instrument and suddenly we become, and we see the beats, but we don't necessarily feel it. I think with this, you've actually managed to notate it, but also you have that feel of the beat with these brilliant musicians in the background that sort of encourage you to let go. Yeah, and, and the instruments are, we've got bass guitar, keyboards, and drums, drums and percussion. And the musicians were just phenomenal. Uh, and I remember because you were there at the recording session, JP, and, and we we spent the first part of the recording session just doing the backing tracks. And it was incredible, you know, the, the, the skill. And I, I, said, I remember I was almost sort of too tired to record afterwards because we had to listen. We were recording the tracks for three hours and then I had to put my two flute parts on. And I played, just remember, I played all the flute parts on a... Trevor James 10x flute, a beginner flute. You did that on purpose, didn't you? Rather than get your beautiful platinum Miyazawa out, you decided to play it on a first flute, the flute that somebody would normally start or return back to playing, didn't you? Is that just yeah. so you could prove that it was achievable on whatever you start with? Absolutely. So it doesn't matter what sort of flute you have, you can still play and you can still play well. So I think the only difficulty I had was the fact that I play open G sharp flutes and <laughs> my 10X was a closed G sharp. So I had to really concentrate quite hard. That's weird because we've actually got an open G sharp version now. Thanks to you and David. <laughs> I'll, have to, um, I'll have to put my order in then, JP. <laughs> that was, um, I, I remember that day though. It was a massively long day for you, Claire, because these duets are more relevant than ever now on a practical level because of all the online teaching because what everyone receives as well as the book is with with the backing tracks you've got uh you can listen to claire playing both parts of the duet with the backing track and then you can you've got a choice you can play part one or part two and claire plays the other one so you're playing the duet or you've just got the rhythm section so when we're able to uh, you could play with a friend or with a, your teacher so for online teaching now you know I know I'm saying myself but they're, they're brilliant because the teaching can say let's look at track 14 part one put the track on where Claire's playing part two 
and do it like that. But it was a massively long day for you because 24 duets recording both parts. <laughs> it was about 11 o'clock in the evening. And we started at 10 in the morning. <laughs> you did brilliantly, I remember. What was, in, what, was it, what was interesting for me watching it was those compositions were inside your head, Andy. So you, the, like the, the percussionist would start and then he would play something and then there'd be a keyboard but then you'd go back to re just redo something because there was a feel that you wanted to come out before Claire came in with her parts. And it was really interesting to see the composer in actually on the recording, putting their, their feel, because the musicians are brilliant, but they're also reliant on the composer taking them in a direction. Yeah. Yeah, they need, they, you know, everybody, it's helpful, especially with new music. That you, you know you can't refer to any recordings of it or anything like that it's brand new they're hearing it for the first time so to speed up that recording process yeah it's just a it's just a way of communicating the direction uh, that you want and with Dave Hassel playing drums oh, I mean Dave, yeah yeah Dave's amazing but and we we've worked together for so long he knows I, I can say to him oh yeah just that that Kenny Garrett track or when Stan gets played this you know or when Philly Joe Jones played drums on this. It's like it's a bit like that, <laughs> and so so quite often if you if you give a reference or as a, as a kind of direction, it helps as well. And it comes back to what you said, JP. It's all about listening. You know, th this is what gives us the feel with the music. You can't just play swing, for example, if you've never listened to it. You can have some phonetics that might help you get there, but it's exactly what you said. It's it's sadly not all of us do listen <laughs> but i think the good musicians do and i mean just sitting down and properly listening you know so you need this for these different feels there's a podcast in itself isn't it sitting down and actually listening and listening to individual parts not always the whole sort of listen to the drums listen to the bass yeah listen, go in between the yeah lines. that's yeah that's what john john coltrane did i was reading a book about um john coltrane and apparently when he'd been in the recording studio, he listened to a track or it went to someone else's recording. He'd listened to it. If it was a jazz quartet, he'd listened to it five times, a track. And the first four would be focusing on each individual instrument. And on the fifth uh, listening, he'd listen to the whole group. That just Incredible. says it all, really, doesn't it? Should we listen mm. to a piece? Sounds like a good idea. Which piece should we listen to, Claire? Should we go straight into the, the first piece in book one? simply called pop why not
Well, that was great. I mean, what a happy little ending. So a nice little short piece with a repeat in D and the second part having the lovely little run-up at the end. It's, and as you say, Claire, you can play the first part, you can play the second part, and it's brilliant for teachers. And I've just received the books this morning, which anyone who's watching this on video can see. It's actually beautifully bound. And it has changed. The whole project's changed since I first became aware of it because it's not only a duet book, it's a tutor book as well. And that's one thing to bring out. It's not just playing duets. That's an inherent part of it, but of the learning process, but you're actually teaching people to play. Yeah, it's learning the flute yeah. and also learning to love all styles of music. Learning so, to um, love all styles of music. Yeah. yeah. Rather than be pigeonholed uh, or restricting, it's, it's opening your ears to all types of music, which I, I know I never had. And I must say, just doing the, this project, thanks to Andy, I've learned an awful lot about world music as well. Um, because I sort of researched each style of, of piece as, as I was writing it. Um, and I listened to a lot more and I learned a lot about the, about the music. So it's opened my ears to a lot more, which I'm very grateful. It can, for, only, it can only be a positive thing if younger people... And it doesn't have to say it doesn't have to be younger because people reboot themselves at various ages, but if they don't pigeonhole themselves to having to play the old tuna day book type of music, you know, to actually come in at a level where you've got different beats, different syncopations, and actually can be more free with your music, which therefore means that you're enjoying yourself, you're playing it for enjoyment rather than necessarily wanting to be brilliant early on. Enjoyment is yeah, the key. And they are great fun. I mean, I love listening to them now. The music is stunning. And I think it's, if you're learning and having fun, you learn in a much better way. And it, your, your, your learning will continue. It's very, di it's very difficult to get bored. You don't get bored with this music. And it is they are challenging. And I think that's important because the flute, more than any other instrument, it's a very easy instrument. And it's, it's easy to, to, to get started. It's easy to get playing things very quickly. So this, I'm hoping this tutor will push people in, in a, a slightly quicker way. Um, and so, I mean, I said in the first lesson, you're immediately playing something that's great fun with a great rhythm that's, that's challenging as well. I think um, it, it, it was interesting as well, knowing the musicians that you're writing for and knowing what the overall brief is as well, and then bringing in different influences. For example, there's one groove I absolutely love just in general, which is this kind of New Orleans second line. It's, oh, it's just so infectious as a groove. You know, when Dave's plays it, it's amazing on drums because he's got, you know, he's just got his own sound on drums. You know, his snare drum and bass drum sound like no one else playing it, you know. So we've got these kind of really infectious grooves. But but um, also Dave plays a lot of percussion. And there's one track where we when we do, we've got this crazy experimental duo. And he brings all sorts to the gig, all sorts of percussion instruments. And he's even got some squeaky toys, toy animals, uh, 
So there's one duet where he's got these little squeaky pigs. And I thought, oh, yeah, right. We're going to have that. We're going to use them on, on, the, on, the, on a track. So it goes to like the B section in this particular track. And he stops playing drums and he plays these squeaky pigs. <laughs> and I can't remember which one it is, Andy. No, I can't remember. But the one that, the one that tickles me, I, I shouldn't say it myself, but is 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 uh, there's one where Claire and I was talking about just taking a scale, and I think it might have been we were doing F sharp major or minor. It's F sharp major, isn't it? Right. So we call it heavy funk. Right, and I just thought, wouldn't it be good if we could have uh, if scales practice wasn't. Uh, not boring because scales practice for someone who's really listening and intelligent is like proper practice. But, but I just had this idea of having um, a really sort of funky rhythm section behind a couple of players playing a scale. And that came about because this girl was in the Royal Northern college watching this masterclass and this sax player was playing this uber classical guy from Japan. And then halfway through this, very serious piece he was playing a drummer in the student union started knocking 10 bells out of this drum kit playing a rock groove and it and it leaked through really loudly into, into this room and everyone was running around panicking saying oh no oh no we've got to stop this drummer for i was thinking this is great <laughs> this sounds brilliant contemporary music over a groove fantastic <laughs> Right, should we have a quick listen? Now you've, it's track 17, lesson, it's in lesson, it, right? 11, lesson 17. Let's have a quick listen to Heavy Funk by Andy Scott. Andy, I can, I can only think of that sax player now, that that very intense Japanese sax player at the Royal Northern. Yeah, it was so funny, but isn't it funny? I mean, we've all had it, you know, mm. where, where you get these spontaneous events that have happened in our lives that yeah. then years later, some, something, it might be a way, you know, you, you, you write a little bit in one of the lessons or f phrase something or say something. <laughs> they, mean, so they suddenly little bits suddenly go years later i mean heavy funk and flute that doesn't really go together in one sentence <laughs> does it <laughs> so I've, I've got both books open and so uh the, the we we go we start with a pop waltz and then we go for folk a folk rock pop ballad a samba exotic exotic then a shuffle that shuffle looks really interesting by the way a rock, then there's the ambient, and there's chilled. Funk, gospel, bossa nova, heavy funk, skiffle, oriental, 
Celtic folk, New Orleans, Afro-Cuban, funky soul. What's skiffle? Skiffle is like the thing where, um, crikey, how do you describe it? Again, I, I keep on coming back to Dave. Um, you should do a podcast with Dave Hassel. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, he's got this metal tie. So it's like a, a, a tie that you wear, but it's metal and it's corrugated. Right. And what he, he plays it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, and, and that's the one where in the B section he goes. So he goes from this metal tie to the pigs, squeaky pigs in the B section. So skiffle is a kind of, um, oh God, what is it? I, I'll tell you, I wrote, I wrote about it in the book. Right. Skiffle is a style of music played on basic or homemade instruments. So it's a mixture of jazz, blues, folk music, popular in the UK in the 1950s before musical instruments were of reasonable price. Instruments were made from all sorts of materials. So whatever was available. Washboard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's yeah, yeah. And what Dave's, Dave does, it's a kind of, it's almost like a 1920s kind of early swing feel in that one. But it's lovely. You don't know what's coming next. The flute parts in that one as well. I was thinking, what would go with that? You know, and, and I was thinking about the articulation and a staccato. And I, I, I'm showing my age now, but I couldn't help thinking about that. Some mothers do have them. <laughs> Remember the theme tune to that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the skiffle is the the fact that yes, the articulation is is different. It's very precise, but the flutes have got to really listen. To the backing track, uh, for the for the rhythm, for the mm. pulse, and that really mm. keeps you really. It's a really tight rhythm. It keeps you, you know, yeah, makes you very disciplined. Let's have a listen of a bit of skiffle, shall we? You know what's great about that is you do have to listen you have to listen to the backing which isn't a link in to the need to listen to a pianist when you're playing in a concert or recital or playing to instrumentalists around you and I, I just want to speak to Andy here on this because Andy's part of most brilliant brilliant sax group that if you didn't listen to each other my word the, it would just go completely awry. You don't play the dots. It's almost so you're in sync with each other. How do you learn to listen, as in listen properly? You can read, but you've also got to be aware of the people you're playing with, the pianist or the group. Hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting, and I'm still sort of... It's a constant challenge. 
and I don't know how Claire feels about this. You get you come you can become so self-obsessed as a musician, and then when you're on stage, it, 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 quite rightly, because you care about the music, and you care about not messing it up for anyone around you and things like that. If if you know your part so well that you can then actually kind of relax a little bit and focus in on someone else in the group or the whole group when you play and not let that stress that is associated with our job, you know, performing a musical instrument in front of people, not, not let that sort of come to the front of your mind. So I guess some pre preparation so you know the part really well, so you're not having to really get the blinkers on looking at the paper, memorising some little corners of the music, and then just really listening. I keep saying to Rob Buckland in the Apollo Cortex, he plays soprano, I play tenor. I said, I'm my, you know, I'm just trying to make you sound good, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm just listening to your phrases because you've got most of the tunes on soprano. Listen, I'm just following your shape. I'm, I'm making you sound good. I hope you appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob wouldn't. <laughs> yes, he would. Yes, he would. No, so the thing is, we're in, we're talking to you today as a composer. Yeah. But for these, if, if you're listening to this as a flute player, check out Andy Scott and check out the Apollo Quartet. They are stunning. And it's not like a sax quartet you would normally listen to. They play all genres of music and they are so tight. And, and it, if I was to see the music they're right there sort of playing, I would not know how they're coming in exactly at the right time. And that is to do with feel, isn't it? A, knowing the music and B, understanding the feel of what you're playing. Yeah, I think it's feel, but it's 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 confidence as well. And again, this is strange actually because I'm I'm going back to Waldingham again. You know, the the number of years we did that summer school. Well, me a lot less than Claire, of course, because it was Claire's started it. It was her uh, venture and everything. But the reason I mention it again is because it's this thing of collaboration and developing an understanding of how people work. And it's like anything, isn't it? It's like, it just takes time to get that sort of, you know, feeling comfortable with someone and knowing how they play and how they're reacting, coupled with you, you know, trying to build some confidence and, and be able to really listen. It's a fascinating world. There are so many things. There are so many elements to what we do. There is, and I've, I've sat in one of Claire's classes years ago, and it's all about listening. She was talking about you're playing, but you're not listening. And I, I remember, I, 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 you know, I can't remember who it was, but they were playing, I don't know if it's 4A Fantasy or something, and you were saying it's coming over, but you're not listening to the piano. So therefore, it's almost two parts separately rather than one intertwined. The problem of a flute being a flute, well, a single, a single line instrumentalist <clears throat> is that you often start always on your own, listening to one line and never aware of what's going on underneath, which is why these duets work very well because you've got Absolutely. all that harmony underneath and that rhythm. So yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I learned a lot from Claire, the trio that we had a few years ago with Lauren, so flute, saxophone mm. and harp. And yeah, just in those rehearsals and the, and the, the gigs that we did, you know, just just the whole thing about balancing and articulation and how someone uses vibrato, everything, you know. And, of course, that helped enormously when I was writing these duets. Yeah, and I want to remember, Andy, years ago, back at the Waldingham flute course, um, I had a recital. After the recital, you said, in that third piece you played, what was that last note you played? <laughs> I love that last note. 
I want right. to use that note. Don't we don't remember <laughs> that? And then you wrote you wrote some a flute piece and you, right. you included this this note that you know in terms of a focus on it. That was really, that was, that was really, it's, I thought, so funny at the time. It's funny, because well, sometimes I look back and I, I come out with the, a comment like that, and sometimes musicians take them the wrong way. Because I remember I was uh, watching a gig once, and there was a great drummer, a friend of mine, and I said to him at the end of the gig, there was one track where he started playing less and less and less, and in the end he stopped playing in the middle of this piece. It was beautiful. It was like a ballad or something. But then he came back in and it just had this wonderful shape. And I said, Steve, I really loved it tonight when you stopped playing. And he just <laughs> he just looked at me. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I'm sorry. You know, you know what I mean? And um, that's probably what happened with this this note that you played, Claire. There was something at that point in time, in that space, at that moment. You know, something some sometimes when we we were listening, or something magical happens, and it, it can just be for a split second sometimes. But you know, uh, it, it, and then and then it's like, yeah, it stays with you somehow. So is your brain yeah. full, Andy? Do you when you compose and you have commissions all the time? Do you do you have to sort of try and wipe the slate clean and start with this new inner visual? How do you start as a composer? I like to, I, I mean, I like to have some thinking time, definitely. So I might be working on one piece of music, but knowing that in a month's time I'm starting a different piece or commission. So you might be just driving in the car or walking or doing the washing up in the kitchen, but you're kind of thinking not specific notes or anything like that maybe, but you're getting the high, kind of concept in your head. I imagine, Claire, for you with, with this publication, it was a, similar kind of you know it's a concept isn't it it's a work it's a work of art it's like a puzzle in that you have as you said you have you have ideas of, about the concept and then bits start to slot into into the spaces as mm. time goes along and then as you as you know you you start to develop different trains of thought and and eventually they come and join and meet up and become something a bit more concrete. Well, having looked at the... I'm only flicking through the books for the first time because the postman only bought them uh, 20 minutes before uh, we came on. Very opportune, that, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> but it is so it's so comprehensive. It is over and above what I actually expected it to be, Claire, which is not just 24 duets. It is a complete tutor book with the duets as an integral part of it. And it is... I think you have to get both albums, one and two, because they flow naturally into each other. Yeah, I, I, I hope to make sure that all the information you needed to be a pretty competent flute player would be in there. Plus this development of knowledge of different music. So it's a, a book where you learn about music mm -hmm. and about the fun of different types of music. And you are learning the flute through the fun of this music rather than just struggling trying to learn the learn the flute on its own well it's a great name kickstart flute book one and book two by claire southworth with 24 brilliant tracks composed by andy andy scott and it's published by the wonderful astute music and where can people get it claire well they can buy direct from astute music which is astute-music.com plus the normal flute shops whether it be Flute World in the States, Just Flutes, or 
all flutes plus kickstartflute.com go to and then you can get links off there to buying it yeah or my website clairesouthwoodflute.com we'll put all the information on the talking flutes facebook page website facebook page website facebook page they're brilliant (laughs) (laughs) i've had too i've had too much coffee that's the problem It's easy, it's easy, it's easy done at the moment with all this zooming oh, as well, isn't it? It, it is. My eyes, oh, there, ladies and gentlemen, it's been wonderful, wonderful to catch up with Andy after such a long time. And Claire, you know, I'm always, always seem to uh, see your smiling face every other week doing these podcasts. The podcast yeah. is great, by the way. I've listened to loads of them. I'm not just saying that. Claire knows I have, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, you're really I, sweet. I love it. And the thing is, you don't have to be a flute player to learn stuff. It's like the book. You know, the way Claire takes you through things, it's just music. Yeah, and, 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 um, and it's on, great. And on that, I will say that it's not just dots. Within each lesson, there is a QR code, which you just hover your phone over and it takes you to a YouTube video. So it's very interactive. So it's not just look at the dots. There is stuff online. Learn at your own pace, play duets. Do you know, it's, it's a no-brainer, really. So astute-music.com, clairesouthworthflute.com. And it was lovely for, you know, for, for me to have a little involvement, even from the side. And uh, mm. I wish you both much success with this project. Should we play out with another one of your tracks? Okay, now which one to pick? <laughs> I think we should pick the last one, number 24 which is a light bosser. A light bosser. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy, Claire, thank Thank you you. so much. (laughs) And uh, Thank you. And uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. You Uh, lovely people. Oh, and you too. (laughs) You charmer. Thanks, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing changes there, does it? He's taken my mantle. I'm jealous. (laughs) No chance. No chance. (laughs) Take care, all. Yeah, bye. Bye. How lovely to speak with Claire and Andy. And I really do hope Kickstart Flute is a great success. Go and check the website out at kickstartflute.com. Please also like the Talking Flutes podcast channel via whatever podcast provider you are listening on to ensure that you are automatically receiving each week's episode. Continue to send in your comments to flutepodcasts at gmail.com or via our Talking Flutes Facebook page, or Instagram at TJ Flutes or at Claire Flute and Twitter at Flute, which is me, or at Claire Flute, which is Claire. Next week, I'm back again with a Talking Flutes extra episode on Irish flute playing with the wonderful Philippe Barnes. So until then, wishing you a wonderful musical week ahead and may your pianissimo high F sharp be particularly easy and in tune. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.
Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.